0: Welcome back, everybody, to...
1: The Brink with Nari and Ben and whoever else is on this episode.
0: Wow, look at you adding extra things to things. Aren't you special this week? Yeah. What is happening right now when we record this?
1: It's Josh's birthday.
0: No, I meant more so what's happening out like the window and stuff that's happening today. It's snowing. It is.
1: And I'm making cheesecake and dinner and peanut butter chocolate slice.
0: I just want to reiterate the excitement of the snow because, um, this is, this is like, you know, Mallory's Canadian, great, aha, uh-huh, fantastic, it snows. But like, I mean, okay, it doesn't snow that often in your part of Canada, although you still probably said you get like one or twice a year, maybe, so it's a lot more common than it has ever been for me. In 31 years of living in Hobart, I woke up to it once in Hobart and it was gone within like an hour or so, but it's still great, and that's just because I lived in West Mooner, it's on a big bloody hill. Um, but this here, like, we when we looked this up, when we looked up Invercargill, we thought, like, oh, there'd probably snow there. It's down very south. But apparently it's not that common. We've been told this hasn't really happened in about four years. I thought it was longer than that. But, um, it's, it, like, what was your reaction today when you saw all this?
1: I was excited. I don't think I was as excited as you were. As excited as you were
0: yeah. But it's it's Well it's like I've told you And I think a lot of people Who are based in Hobart Would know It's kind of At least once a year There would be some form Of weather report Saying like Oh yeah There's a cold front Coming in And we're going to get snow Down to the lower suburbs Like 100, 200 metres Possibly even sea level And you get so excited This excitement Would build up on you You think you're going to Wake up There's going to be snow And it never happened So when I kind of heard this Like this Antarctic front Coming in And possibly down to sea level I was like Oh yeah yeah Heard it all before Woke up this morning, looked out the window. I was like, okay, there's like sort of just a slight little, you know, smear of snow everywhere. I recorded for an hour and looked out the window and bloody white Christmas out the front. Not the shitty Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Um, why aren't you that excited? You should be excited.
1: I am excited. I just, I don't know. I'm just not as excited.
0: You didn't think this would be a possibility when you came here or?
1: Not really, especially not after the winter that we've had so far.
0: Well, it's... <clears throat> Excuse me, not being the, the coldest of winters and But this is the thing, like it's August Which is sort of the last month of winter And this is the, when I was saying that one time I woke up to snow in Hobart It was basically the beginning of August So it's kind of odd, like is that a thing in Canada So that would be, what, February for you Is, it like, is that more common towards the end of winter? Because I always assume it would it'd be like a middle of winter thing But it's clearly not
1: Normally if we get snow it's like early to mid-January
0: And have you ever had a white Christmas? Yeah So it has snowed Christmas before in, in Victoria?
1: Yeah, a few times. Um, I can't tell you the year, but there was one year where we got, like, two feet of snow and school was closed for, like, two weeks.
0: I would expect school would already be closed on Christmas.
1: No, but, like, because of all the snow that we...
0: So, so like, it's because I've heard in parts of Canada where it's, like, you know, school's closed, but, like, even if you get, like, eight feet of snow, people are like, it's Canada, mate, like, go to school.
1: Yes, that is true for most places where people are just go to school with eight feet of snow because their cities can deal with it. Our city has one snow plow, and the city like shuts down if you get more than like probably four or five inches of snow. So 12 centimetres, 15 centimetres?
0: We, we drove, you drove today. Uh, we walked, that's what I was trying to say, uh, from one end of the city to the other, which is great. Uh, I threw a snowball at you, which is fantastic. We didn't build a snowman, but we took pictures of... People wearing, uh, wearing snowmen, uh, throwing, uh, build, what is it, building a snowman, that's what I'm trying to say. Our cat Stiggy, who's running around like a psycho cat all day, uh, we took him out in the snow. How do you think he handled that?
1: I think he was very good. He was really scared, though. poor He thing. was shivering. He was really scared.
0: Poor oh, little thing was terrified. But uh, yeah, it's exciting. Invercargill, snow. So do you think we'll get it again next year before we uh, leave again, or do you think that's it?
1: I think that's it.
0: Well... Hopefully tomorrow when we wake up it's still going to be there Because we'll have to wait and see that Part of the show where we flashback But I'm not going to play flashback Because it's not the flashback segment it's Days of Our Pies Our really crap radio soap opera serial That we did at one point in our history uh, we've still in, We're still in season one And we've had six episodes So now we're going to play the seventh episode Of the first season of Days of Our Pies And you're going to have some form of reaction to it
2: Previously... On
3: days of vampires. What's that noise? It seems like ticking. It's coming from that briefcase.
0: It sure is. Oh, my God. It's a bomb.
3: Lisa, it's Doctor here. The bomb was planted. The hospital is in ruins.
2: That's mighty of of you, Doctor. I heard the explosion from here. That's a job well done. But Billy, my son, my darling boy,
0: is dead. Oh, wait, right, Lisa. Before you go... There's something I have to say.
2: Sure, John Howard. What is it?
0: I'm your father.
2: Like pastry in the oven, these are the days of our pies. I'm Lisa Jones, and these are the days of our pies.
0: Hansi Bay had been devastated by a series of shocking events. A shooting, a car crash, a former secret agent, a bomb, and now a shock revelation. Former Prime Minister John Howard had just revealed himself to former CIA agent and the newest town resident Lisa Muffin as her father. But was it really true? Ah, say something, Lisa. I can't stand the silence.
2: Ah, ah, I don't know what to say. It's... It's not possible, surely. My father died years ago in the Vietnam War. My mother told me everything.
0: Oh, that was just a cover tale to protect you. You see, when I was elected Prime Minister, we had you brainwashed to make you believe your father died years ago and that you were raised by your mum. But you were actually raised by me and your mum here in Australia
2: but I'm American, and I was in the CIA.
0: Oh, well, we had all that implanted in your brain and shipped you over to America and enrolled you in the CIA, so you believed it was all true and possible.
2: Oh, my God. Is that why you brought me over here?
0: Yes, it is, because I felt guilty. And now that I'm not Prime Minister anymore, it's safe to be around you.
2: Wow, I cannot believe all this. What about my mum? Is she my real mom? And Billy, what about my poor Billy, who is probably dead now, thanks to me?
0: Oh, yes, your mum is really your mum. Her and I had a fling at a hippie retreat in the 70s. And Billy, uh, he's your son. That isn't part of the lie.
2: Oh, my God. I'm lost and soon but gained a father. I don't know to be happy or sad.
0: Let's just remember this is a happy moment. I missed you, my little twiddle bear. Daddy... Meanwhile, back at the ruins of the hospital, General Store owner George Pyman, his wife Jennifer, and the now deceased Billy Musley Bar's illegitimate father, Roy Bowl Cereal, all walked away from the hospital in search of the mysterious doctor who planted the bomb. Ah, Jennifer, why must the hospital be in ruins? Why must this doctor be so hard to find? And why? Oh why must we walk instead
3: of drive?
2: George, calm down! The cars are blown up in the barn. Roy right.
3: How are you feeling? Not so good. I still can't believe it. my belly is dead.
0: It's okay, Rye. We will find the Eva doctor who did this. Even if it takes a million years. Good, because if I get my hands on him. Don't worry, Rye. We will all help you rip a limb off. All of a sudden, town policeman Frank Cakeman comes driving past in a new squad car.
3: Oh my god, you guys! You're alive! I can't believe it!
0: We saw off, Frank! Oh my god, you're bleeding!
3: What happened? I was in a car accident and taken to hospital with a brain injury. But I got out of there in time. We need to find that fine specimen, Lisa Muffin, as she escaped.
2: Well, we are looking for the man who blew up the hospital and killed young Billy. Oh my god, Billy is
3: dead? That's horrible! I knew. That's why we need to find that man.
2: Frank, do you think that Lisa is working with the doctor who planted the bomb, and that
3: this is all connected? It wouldn't surprise me, Jennifer. Not one bit. Frank and
0: Jennifer enjoy a brief romantic glare at each other before they all get in Frank's car and drive off in search of Lisa and the doctor, who had just left town and was meeting up with someone very suspiciously.
3: Why, hello, Agent Shpincter. It's about time we met in person. I know, Doctor. Did everything go according to plan? It most certainly did. I allowed Miss Muffin to give me the bomb, and I went along with the explosion. All I need now is to meet up with her for my payment, and we can capture her and expose John Howard's secret love child to the world. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's chuffed now. So that's it, then. After we capture her and expose the lie, I can retire and go live with my wife in Summer Street after 30 years of waiting. Well, there is one more thing we need. It's a matter of national emergency.
0: You promised me this would be the last time. I promise that this will be the last time, but I think there's someone here
3: who can explain it a little better. Who's there? Oh, my God. Prime Minister Rudd! Hello, Doctor. There is something we need to talk about. Why is Kevin Rudd in Ramsey Bay? Will Agent Sphincter and
0: Doctor expose Lisa and John Howard to the world? Have Frank, Jennifer, Roy and George gotten any closer to Doctor and Lisa? And when the hell will I get to take a breath? Find out next time on Days of Our Pies. That reaction that I mentioned just before that started was that you kind of want to vomit. Then. It's probably a pretty natural reaction because yeah you can see why that never really took off obviously last week we finished off our 500 questions which is pretty exciting so we're needing to find some new things to do and i've I've found something this is just for mallory this week because i already watched this video basically we're going to play a clip here and mallory has to guess the movie theme song So it's called Guess That Movie Theme I don't know how many Are in here But there's a few here So are you, are you excited Are you ready for this Because basically You should know most of these I feel you should know Most of these
1: I am ready
0: Alright let's Press this button And then let's see How this is Gonna work So It sounds pretty Gamey So Anyway well You can't, you shouldn't be able to see it Wait
1: is this already a song
0: No You'll know Like I'll tell Alright you have about to get Ready the first one Let's go I'm gonna move the microphone To you you ready? Number one. Over to you. Harry Potter. Correct. Well, it, it, it is correct, but it's not quite... See, it's doing a little thing, but it will eventually show that it's correct. And, yes. Uh, look, Harry Potter. See? There you go. All right. There you go. See, it's not that hard. All right. Number two. You ready? Set... Come
1: on. You don't
0: get this, breaking up. I out. Th-
1: I think it's Titan ty- no it's not Titanic. It's Jurassic Park! That is not the Jurassic Park theme. It is. That's the beginning of the movie theme.
2: No, it's Star Wars. How did you knock it Jurassic Park?
1: It was it wasn't the Jurassic Park theme, like you know the Jurassic Park theme that I'm thinking of, right?
0: It was the start of the Jurassic Park theme. I'm not that good. Wow, oh, that really hurts my feelings. All right, you got Star Wars. All right, number four. Let's do this one. This is actually one that I did get. Because you will know this when you realize.
1: I totally know this. I'm pretty sure I've played this in band or strings or something, even. How's oh, that right out? Can I have a hint? It's the Avengers. <laughs> oh, no. Didn't play that in band or strings. Yeah, now that you say it.
0: Oh, you're going to get this one. I don't know if you'll know this one as well, because you've only seen these like not that long ago. Thumbs up.
1: That was my guess. That was my guess because you said not that long ago. Back to
0: the Future, by the way. If people didn't realize. All right, next one. Jaw. Correct. Yes, that one's a bit of a slow start, but builds into it. What a great theme! Makes you want to go swimming, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. In the snow. Yep. Yep. I can't believe you didn't get Jurassic Park. Hurts <laughs> my feelings. All right, number seven. You ready? watch this one that long ago either come on
1: oh it's um Toy Story
0: correct you
2: got got a friend friend in me
0: oh god they've ruined the ending in the fourth one bloody hell alright number 8 you ready yep I don't want to keep that ready just plays. oh this took me a while to get but like yeah I don't think you'll get this one Batman
1: I would never yeah, it's
0: that like that. the original Batman movie and then they haven't really used it that often yeah that one's a bit of a, a more obscure one alright oh, no this one you don't like this movie I've never seen this movie but you think it's boring
1: oh it's Rocky
0: correct you needed to, get to, that part.
1: You needed to get to that part
4: yeah
0: alright number 10 go Sticky go here we go number 10 Oh, my gosh.
1: I know this.
2: Yes, you do.
1: Indiana Jones. Oh, my gosh. That was, that's six out of ten, just so you know.
0: Correct. Well done. Um Yeah, most of these are John Williams scores, by the way. The, the legend that is John Williams. Number 11. All right, let's do this. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but you've got to know this song. Don't... No? don't know Ghostbusters? Don't know
1: Ghostbusters? I, I do, but I can't recognise it like that. I like how you hold the microphone to your mouth when I'm talking. Yeah. It's a timpani.
0: Now, this is one that I guess on a whim. This is an old movie, which I sort of knew, but... I don't think you'll get this one. It's good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I just... One of those famous scores that you kind of know. All right, number thirteen. You've got to know this. It's Pirates
1: of the Caribbean.
0: Correct. Great score. This is uh Hans Zimmer, actually. I think
1: Hans Zimmer does. Yeah. I'm pretty sure.
0: Another great.
1: Uh, it's, it's just their own budgets. Yeah.
0: Jizzy owns everything. Come on. Number fourteen. Number fourteen.
1: Mission Impossible.
0: Correct. I was going to say, some of these ones are just really easy.
1: I'm really loving the dance moves that go with every song. Every song's just a little bit different.
0: That one's sort of, you know...
1: (laughs) Picturing Tom Cruise running over the tops of buildings.
0: Number 15. Oh, this is one of my favourites. I don't know if you'll get this, though. Iconic. I always used to get this confused with Indiana Jones, but it's Superman. Oh I never would have
1: gotten that either. No. Best
0: ending of a TV show ever when Small Bill and he takes off and he's they play the John Williams score. Alright, number sixteen.
1: This one is Titan.
0: Correct. <sighs> I love how they have like they like guess the theme and uh, sometimes uh, they're they're different things. Number seventeen, let's do this. Oh, uh,
1: I think I was up to eight because I had half of sixteen. Should I know this?
0: Oh, this is one that I have no clue of, actually, yeah. It's pretty. It's Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, dang it!
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get that one. Yep, number 18. Alright. Pink Panther. Correct. I was going to say, very famous. I've never seen it, but I think people know what it is.
1: You haven't seen the Steve... No. Uh, Steve Martin. Thank you, Steve Martin.
0: No, but uh, that's the old ones, um, uh, Peter Sellers. I don't know who that is. Uh, very old actor. Number
1: 19.
0: <laughs> I don't think you'll get this one, but this is one of the greatest scores of all time. I'll give you a clue. We just did some of these recently on the Oz Network. Arnold. Um, Terminator. Correct. What a theme. I'm
1: not going to count that as me getting one because I actually didn't know it. One
0: of the best movie themes of all time. Great theme. All right. Number 20. I'm listening. Another great theme. Great movie. You keep saying we need to watch this movie. Russell Crowe. Gladiator. Correct. Brings tears to your eyes. It's a great score.
1: See, I, I need to watch it again. It's been so long.
0: That's, yeah, they used to play it all the time on the ABC. Know. Number 21. Yep. This one took me a while, but then it clicked. Don't know if you've ever seen these movies.
1: It reminds me of something from, like, a spy movie.
0: Actually, no, that's not the one. It's Inception. Sorry, it's a different one. There's oh. another one coming up, which I don't know if you've seen. I've never I've seen Inception.
1: S- I've seen Inception, but it's been a very
0: long time. I didn't get Inception. I forgot that was on it. Come on! This hurts almost as much as Jurassic Park if you don't get this. I host a bloody podcast on this goddamn series. James frickin' Bond! How do you not get the James I knew Bond? Thing? That. I knew Jesus, that. the two most movies close to my heart. You're
1: putting too much pressure on me.
0: This is one that I didn't get, like I've heard it, but I didn't know what movie it was from. It's an old movie, I don't think you get this.
1: Is it a children's movie?
0: No.
2: Is it on there.
0: It's a great escape. I haven't seen it. It's an old Steve McQueen prison escape movie, number twenty-four. <laughs> you didn't get James Bond in a Dressing Park. I'm sorry. Classic '80s kids movie.
1: I totally know this one.
0: It was an alien. E.T. Correct. I haven't seen that in a long time. You better sneeze? he's about to sneeze I'm allergic to not knowing Jurassic Park and number 25 alright hey! bless you number 25 this is the one that I don't know if you've ever seen
1: it sounds like um a horror movie it's not it sounds like um either it's Home Alone hey that well, time was up Yes, guess I was gonna say either Home Alone or the one with the guy with the long fingers
0: it was scissor hands I got time the- is up no.
1: Unfortunate events. That's
0: the one I was thinking. Lemony, lemony. Yep. Good job. See?
1: that wasn't too bad. I got 10 because I didn't count two because you gave me very, very
0: big hints onto it. I can't believe you didn't get Dressed James Bond. We need to rethink this engagement. All right. Uh, we'll come back and wrap things up shortly. <laughs> we did something special for you today, given that it, uh, at least the day of releasing this episode, it is the fourth of August, and that might not mean a lot to some people. It's just another day, but for us on the brink, it's a big special day because it is the birthday of one of the founders of this very program, Mr. Joshua Shoebridge. Now, sadly, we weren't able to get Josh on for a brand new segment this week, but I was able to get Josh in some form, at least in a very old clip of Josh. Now, throughout the history of this show, Josh has been in studio, he's been out of studio, he's been in other states and countries and everything else in between and back when he first initially left well actually the second time he left he left and came back and then he left again the second time he left we thought well hey let's get him on in some capacity that capacity was over the beautiful adventure that was skype and we held a bit of a semi-regular intro segment that we do with him kind of like we do now here on the show so this is all the way back from the 1st of june 2012 seven whole years ago and this is what Josh had to say on that fateful day as we celebrate the man's birthday. The Brink Edge Radio 99.3 FM, the first of June 2012. Hope your Friday morning is going very well. Of course, Sledge on the Edge today, round three, but we're gonna take a little break from that for just a moment, because our our few fans of this program, millions of them actually, right around the world, know and love the hosts of this program. They love my voice. They They love Sam's voice. Of course, he's uh, having his fortnight off today. And they also love the other face of this program's voice, who came back, joined us for a month or two in the studio, got the fame, got the fortune, but then buggered off back to New South Wales again. And we thought, that's it. We're never going to hear from him again. But, but, both of his fans are excited right now because we have him on the line now due to the glorious invention that is Skype his name is Josh. He's our very good friend, co-host. He's, he is the Brink. Josh, welcome back.
3: That is right. I am the Brink. I was here since, like, day one, mate. And I'll tell you now, I'm not going to leave. The internet's amazing, and so are you. I, I love what you're wearing right now. I can see it because you have a camera, but I don't. And I don't think anyone else who's listening could hear it. He's wearing a Chicago Bulls jersey. That's like... It's a... J- a yeah. It's, it's, it's a jersey. <laughs> But you know what it reminds me of, Ben? Tell me, Josh. What does it remind you of? Grade four. Grade four. (laughs) Because that's when the Chicago Bulls became cool. (laughs) I was going to say, you didn't even
0: know me in grade four. What are you talking about? It was just... I was obsessed with the Chicago Bulls in grade four. You were on... I don't don't even know. Where did you go to school in grade four? Were you even in Tasmania? No, I was in um, Belmont. In New South Wales, right, right. So it wasn't just a it wasn't just a Glenorchy primary school thing then.
3: No, it was worldwide.
0: Worldwide, yes. Well, Michael Jordan does have that effect on people, doesn't he? What
3: What does he do now? Um, he just he, he 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 just sits there. <laughs> I think he uh, he he
0: co-owns one of the teams in the in the NBA or something. I don't know. I mean, he's he's that rich. He could just sit down and do a poo, and he makes a million dollars. I mean, come on.
3: Speaking of Michael Jordan, I, I had a. Uh, my my partner came up to me the other night, and she showed me this picture. Your partner. Yeah, my partner, sure.
0: In your law firm, or is 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 he a, is he a he? I'm sorry, I okay. hate that term, partner. Your girlfriend.
3: Okay, Josh. my girlfriend. She came up to me with this picture from Facebook, and she she pointed it in my face. She goes, "Do you think that's a leather couch?" I went, "Well, what do you mean?" And it's this guy, who's this ripped black guy who with this, this is it's like the picture's so close up, he looks like a leather couch. <laughs> <laughs> and it Made me think. It made me think of Michael Jordan in his old age.
0: I'm sorry, you just, you just got to. Be, you got to. speaking of Michael Jordan,
3: uh, my my partner
0: shows me a picture of a leather couch.
3: But it's a it's a it's a ripped guy. It's taken you two minutes, Josh, two
0: minutes, and you're already being racist,
3: mate. It's taken me 24 years to not be. Oh
0: goodness me, it's 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 funny to think. That you're in... Where, where where the hell are you? For, clear this up with our listeners. I keep saying you're in Bega, but I don't even know if that's where you are.
3: Yeah, Bega. I'm in, a, in the Bega County Shire, uh, living in a suburb called Callaroo. 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 Callaroo, yeah. S-
0: sounds like something you order at a seafood restaurant. It's just as nasty, too. It's just as nasty. Well, I mean, people want to know, Josh. Both your fans want to know what the hell you were doing in Callaroo. Uh,
3: I'm pursuing the course that is legal marriage. <laughs>
0: That, that's all you're doing. That's why you've pursued the dream of living in Kalaroo like most Australians it's, want it, to.
3: It's it's the dream, Ben. It's the dream. <laughs> no, I I now I now own land.
0: You now own land, really, in Kalaroo. Is, is that basically the whole I, town, or what?
3: It's actually quite big. It's about the same size as West Moona. <laughs>
0: same size as West Moona.
3: It looks like Glen Helen. <laughs>
0: right, right. Now, does it have the um, the appeal of West Moona, or the the sanctu the the sanctuary of Glen Glenhuon.
3: Just think of Tasmania with four degrees warmer weather during winter, and you got it spot on.
0: <laughs> and they make cheese as well. Best cheese. Best cheese. Is, is it kind of uh, you've got to you, when you go to the supermarket if you don't buy bigger cheese? So people give you dirty looks.
3: I tell you what, Ben. If you want to know what kind of looks you get, I want you to YouTube. I want I want the listeners to do this too. I want you to YouTube. Say no to panda.
0: Say no to it panda.
3: Is, just watch it. And that'll tell you the reaction that you get when you do not buy bigger cheese. Right, right. Okay? Well I
0: would be worried if the Brink broadcast from Beager when we ask our guests what the fav- their favourite type of cheese is, I would be worried then that every single answer would be bigger cheese. It'd be a bit bit odd. It would be. It wouldn't it wouldn't give interesting answers. It wouldn't get what we aim to get out of those five questions, would it? No.
3: But I, I think the most people here would would understand that they, they they are required to give an unbiased answer, not not just to say the brand, but to to give a real good like I like cheddar, I like cheese, just not I like bigger, no, I like coon cheese, no, all these different things that you could do with cheese. Is that
0: how they sound there in 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 bigger? Is it? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not what have you learnt? What have you learnt living there, Josh? This is the thing. I mean, I know you're a New South Wales boy originally, but I mean, this is a different part of you. So this is nowhere near Newcastle.
3: No, it's not near Newcastle, Ben. Say it properly. Newcastle. Uh, there we go. I, I tell you now, I have learnt that this is probably one of the the rare spots in New South Wales that actually likes AFL. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't get it.
0: Well, neither does most of the AFL. Hence, they give them a second team and no one shows up to their games but is, is, when you say they like AFL is this the actual the league or do they just play a lot of it locally uh, what they play
3: it's a bit of both it's a bit like Tasmania no, right, they don't have a team, but they really barrack for someone because they love it.
0: And, and who have you found is the most uh, frequently barracked for team in the Bega Valley?
3: Carlton, actually, Ben. I bet you'd like to hear that.
0: Well, Carlton's that's the there. intelligent choice, isn't it, Josh?
3: And, and it's followed closely by St Kilda. Wow.
0: There you go. Well, I need to ask you, Josh, now that we're on the the topic of AFL, your, your Richmond Tigers are doing quite well. And I am, am very happy that they managed to thrash Hawthorne by over 60 points and I... Don't jinx it. Well, I, I nearly right then and then wanted to go and buy a, a black and gold scarf and start barracking for your boys because anyone who can beat Hawthorne like that is alright in my book. I
3: think any... Like, a two-year-old could do that to Hawthorne. <laughs> no uh, no offence against the boys.
0: No! Uh, ma- massive offence to Hawthorne, not to Richmond. I mean, Richmond... I mean, I've never had anything against Richmond. I know Sam has uh, never really been a fan too much of Richmond but Richmond's kind of one of these teams that i've got a little bit of a soft spot for i, I do admit that josh
3: oh, i'm the same like richmond has a soft spot in my heart even though i am not a big fan of afl but i i do i do strongly follow them because they they make me feel good inside
0: they make you feel good inside I, I bet you a lot of people from the richmond football club never thought they would hear their supporters say that after how many years of uh, premiership droughts
3: i oh, don't it's like 1986 was the last one i think I th-
0: Yeah, it was in the 80s. I know we've got um, our very good friend Chris Hamley on the show today. And um, I I no doubt will bring that up with him in regards to the Tigers because a very passionate Tiger supporter, old Chris. But I think we're starting to see a few of you guys come out of the woodwork when you start to to win a few games, Joshy boy.
3: That's exactly right. And I I think it's, it's one of those things you really need to look at. But I'll tell you what's really getting me at the moment with sport. I don't know if you watched the State of Origin game. Oh, was here master. we go! I cannot, I cannot believe how that was called. The referees weren't even the top level referees on on rugby league, and again. How many players on the Queensland side came from Melbourne?
0: Well, this the thing is, Josh, that uh, I didn't watch it because, yeah, OK, I support Queensland, I support Cronulla, but to me, watching a full game of rugby, I may as well watch a full episode of Grey's Anatomy, just... Boring, doesn't interest
3: me. I'm but... going to chemically castrate.
0: <laughs> bring it, boy, bring it. I, I have to say, though, that uh, I saw your reactions on Facebook that night. I saw everybody else's reaction. I saw a replay of it. Now, I don't know the rules or not, what, whether it was a try or not. But even if it wasn't a try, Queensland still would have won. So what see, are you whinging about? See,
3: that's the thing. We got called no try on two tries that we should have got. <laughs> that's the annoying thing. That, that is what really ticked me off.
0: You're about 800 kilometres away and you still manage to have a big old whinge, aren't you, Josh? Oh, mate,
3: that's, it's in my blood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the biggest thing that ticked me off about that State of Origin match, Josh, is that a game between New South Wales and Queensland
3: being played in freaking Melbourne. I think they're just sharing it out so there wasn't like a home game. For, like... Well, send it down to Hobart. You'd have three people at
0: North Hobart Oval going, Ah, what, what, what do you call this then?
3: Okay, Ben, you were there for the Melbourne Storm v whoever it was from Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Now you 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 have to admit the the crowd that was that was brought in by that game w- was great. It was good. But you, you can't you can't not admit that.
0: Well, no, Josh, no, you you are right. But, As uh... usual. <laughs> well,
3: uh, let's look, get Josh, off. This, let's get off this topic for a sec. I, I, you just said you got Chris Hamley coming in tomorrow. I mean, today. Uh, well, today, today. Hi, today. Chris.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think he's in the studio right now, but um, let's just pretend he is. G'day, Chris. How are you? I'm
2: fine, Josh. How are you? Man, you know hear
0: uh, I've got a various array of answers for that question, some which aren't appropriate, but please tell me. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Now, yeah, that-, that is not the worst thing I've ever been called. No, I, I
3: quite love
0: it. <laughs> Well, Josh, I have to say, I have to say, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to cut this short in a minute because uh, the good folk at Edge Radio have got a gun to our head right now to play some music. But can I just uh, bring to the attention of our listeners, um, of course, Sam has his fortnight off. Yeah. But Sam, we've asked Sam to join us in this conversation. Don't think we've tried to, to get Sam out of this completely. Oh, hell no. But- At the time time we're recording this, right now, I'm sorry to uh, disappoint the illusion of our listeners that this isn't live. This isn't live on Friday. This has been pre-recorded. I I would like to bring the attention of our listeners to a text message that uh, Sam has responded to us. We've asked him, Sam, come on Skype, join us right now. He's written back, hey mate, in Betty Buys already. Now, Josh... Before we we say R and go back to the glorious music here on Edge, what are your thoughts on uh, Sam being in bed before 9 o'clock?
3: Okay. Well, here's one thing. A grown man using the word Betty buys in a text (laughs) message to another man, I don't think that's kosher. No, no. That's right. I think that's a little bit I'm playing basketball. I've (laughs) dropped the remote, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Sam, you need to grow a pair and get back into it. Then also... What the heck? Nine o'clock? Are you in primary school or something? Yes, yeah, Sam. Are you, are you Jamie Durian have to wear those short shorts and that blue shirt or something? You might look like him, but you don't need the dress like him, you architect. That's right. I went there, architect. I'll have to talk to you about my house soon too, Sam, but be careful about that. But anyway, come on.
0: I, uh, I'm worried for your safety. I think that uh, Sam's going to call up his good friend, the Sarge, and uh, have you go and... Josh, this is the sage. Oh,
3: <laughs> uh, well, but just a, just a quick shout out to Chris Hammers, mate. I, I've heard the good news about Back to the Eighties coming back to Hobart. I'm excited. It's almost as it's it's made me want to come back just to see that show. Well, there
0: you go. Well, well
3: not too much to see, my mate. If
0: he's not. In the studio while this is playing Josh I will be sure to say that Thank you very much Josh for being here on this Friday morning We'll speak to you next week And can you please send out the Facebook message Or the or the text Or the carrier pigeon to good old Arnold Schwarzenegger we miss him and we want him back. Yes,
3: he here today to say hello.
0: Hello, Arnie. We don't have time to talk to you very long, but
3: just a quick hello. We'll talk to you more next week. We've left sheep. We've left the pigeons. We've left the goats. You'll be ready for Jim advice of the week starting next week on Edge Radio.
0: I need it. I need it badly. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Arnie. We're going back into the music now here on the brink. It is Edge Radio. Very informative and interesting. As per usual. Seven years, that's crazy. That is nearly a whole decade since that segment aired. But uh, a big happy birthday to Josh. I'm sure you're listening. Thanks for being a part of the show. You are a legend. Get your ass back on this show already. Another part of this show where we're going to do something a bit classic and go back in time. We're going to hear an interview, a classic interview. From the long time ago From the long time ago Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense But I'm trying to make it at least make sense Uh, This is with Scottish comedian Danny Boy Who uh, is quite popular Amongst uh, many comedic fans across the world Not just Australia and New Zealand But around the world And uh, we spoke with him back in the year 2011 Just ahead of a tour that he was having uh, In Hobart at the time And a very funny interview Very uh, great chat here So he's a classic interview with you on the brink With Scottish comedian Danny Boy Danny Boy first performed to a live audience at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2001 and over the last decade has gone on to be one of stand-up comedy's hottest properties he has sold out crowds right across the UK, Australia New Zealand and Canada and his appearance at the 2005 Montreal Just For Last Comedy Festival saw the Montreal Gazette name him the standout of the festival television appearances on Rove Live The Glass House and more recently on The Late Show with David Letterman has stamped his authority on the global stand-up comedy scene Danny is about to hit the road with his new tour Messenger Please Do Not Shoot and during the week I spoke to Danny about his upcoming tour and life as a stand-up comedian Danny thank you very much for your time here on Edge Radio and The Brink My pleasure Now it has been 10 years since your first solo show way back at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival now how has life changed for you over the last decade?
4: Um, Well it's been a bit of a whirlwind to be honest Um, I've I've kind of uh, yeah. I started in a a room above a pub, (laughs) playing to twelve people in Edinburgh, and um, it's just sort of grown and grown. And uh, since then, and now I'm playing to more nearly fourteen people in a room above a pub. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm 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 doing very well, and uh, and particularly in Australia, it's because it's a kind of word of mouth place here, and um, it's been very it's been very good to me.
0: Now, why do you think that is the case, though, that so many Australians have fallen in love with you?
4: I have no idea. I guess because you're just Bunch of drunken alcoholics like us in Scotland, and we, <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, we seem to always have a good giggle when we get together. Um, I really don't know. I think it's I think to be absolutely honest, the uh, the sense of humour in uh, in Australia is very similar to Scotland. I, I don't feel like I have to change an awful lot here. You've, uh, you seem to have the same kind of you know love of a good yarn which yeah. uh, which we really like in scotland as well you know people people feel like i feel like i'm telling people stories in a pub here which is very similar to to how i pr- uh, produce my shows in scotland obviously
0: when you go to places like america where the humor is slightly different do you then need to explain a little bit more about your jokes
4: yeah yeah a lot more um i mean i've just come back from uh, doing a tour of the states and it was it was tough. They don't really get me there. <laughs> they were, they were kind of staring, just not really. Going, I don't, I don't get it. He, he sort of sounds Irish. He looks Indian. What's going on? What's going on? It's not really a, a familiar mixed race uh, Scottish Indian. They, they don't have many of me no. there. And if they didn't, and the, you know, it's not. It's very strange actually because. Obviously, we in Australia and in Scotland, we get a lot of American culture, you know, we get a lot of their shows and stuff. So like if an American comic stands on stage and says, you know, I bought, I bought a new pair of pants today, I know they mean trousers. When I go to America and I say, oh, I bought a new pair of trousers today, they, they genuinely look at you like, what, what are you talking about? We don't know what you're talking about. So it's um, it's a hell of a lot of a cultural difference um that you have to make when you go to America more so than anywhere else. I go.
0: It's almost like speaking another language, or you're almost like speaking to a bunch of five year olds who are just barely learning stuff. You do
4: have to describe things a lot more. <laughs> I got I got in a lot of trouble over because I did an interview with Can, uh, on Canadian television, and um, the the guy said to me, "How do you feel about Canadian audiences in, compared with American and British audiences?" And I, I rather foolishly said, "I said, look, British audiences have all the intelligence, but none of the enthusiasm. You know, we're very kind of guarded." in Britain and Americans (laughs) had to have all the enthusiasm (laughs) uh, but and I didn't even finish I sort of stopped myself from saying (laughs) God I'm just about to say Americans are really thick here Uh, but um I didn't even need to finish it because, God, the complaints I got from American people. And I thought, well, if anything, you've just justified what I've said. You yeah, know?
3: Exactly. they can't
4: take a joke. I mean, it was just a joke, a There's, way of describing their comedy.
0: They're so quick to sue or complain, yet they just oh, don't geez, seem to try and understand it's, it, do they? Oh,
4: it's, it's unbelievable, you know. This is the country that people, where women, got, um, sued McDonald's. <laughs> uh, sued, she, she sued a microwave company because for... She put her dog in the microwave to dry it off, <laughs> and it exploded. That's true. And she sued the, successfully sued the microwave company for not having a sticker on the microwave door saying "Do not put your dog in this uh, microwave."
0: When did you actually first realise that you had the gift of comedy and that maybe you were actually a bit funny?
4: Well, I suppose um, I ended up standing out more, standing outside more classrooms than than sitting in them, <laughs> um, because I always used to just get chucked out for being being an idiot. And actually, um, my mum found a report card just recently that said uh, it was from my old woodwork teacher, and it said uh, the opening line said Danny Danny has to realise that he can't be a comedian his whole life, <laughs> 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 which is uh, I wanted to find out where he's living now and send him that back with, with a DVD <laughs> 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 all the best Danny yeah thank, uh, thanks
0: for your thanks for your support uh, earlier in my career thanks
4: for your almost prophetic guidance <laughs> um, yeah um, so I, I, I suppose it was a lot to do with um with always being the kind of classic class clown. But I, I didn't even know... I, I never had any great um, desire to be a comedian until I, I fell into the actual uh, process of becoming a comedian. Um, but, But I suppose everything... Retrospectively, retrospectively, everything seems to have fit in. How long does it
0: actually take to come up with material for each routine? Now, obviously, you're on stage for a couple of hours there, but I mean, it must be uh, a bit difficult to come up with some of the stuff and even remember it all.
4: Yeah, remembering is the hardest thing. Uh, because well, what I I never really write anything down, um, not verbatim anyway. I'll write down uh, sort of topics and 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 like one word and lines and stuff, but I don't actually. Write out a script as such. So, so usually when I say stuff on stage, it's I say it differently every time, even if it's the same bit of material, because mm. I can't really remember the last, how I said it last time, and and that's good as well because it kind of keeps it fresh uh, to me, and and um, and as a result of that, usually I'll say something differently, and it will jog another idea so a lot of my writing comes from from the actual time on stage itself Uh, that in theory that's how it works
0: now with that um how hard is it when you say put so much thought into one of these routines and then you don't get a laugh that you're hoping to get out of a joke
4: (laughs) yeah we've all been there (laughs) um oh you know i mean i think that's part See, the thing is comedian a lot of comedians i think To concentrate too much on the the actual joke. (laughs) That sounds terrible. But I I quite like those moments when Mm. it's a bit, um, not awkward, but just when something doesn't necessarily work. It shows a kind of human side to the whole comedy thing. Because, look, when you go and sit down in a pub with people, not everything you say is going to get a laugh. And sometimes the the working of the story is, is part of the payoff. The fact that there is moments when it's not necessarily where it's either uncomfortable to listen to or or it's just interesting. Um, I always say that. I I say to myself, if it's not funny it's got to at least be interesting. That's that's basically my my policy. But I, I certainly don't worry when I'm when something doesn't work, because uh, I'm pretty sure that if I keep talking for long enough, it'll <laughs> start to get funny at some point.
0: <laughs> now, just on that too, when you're actually not on stage and you're just talking to people in the pub or wherever you may be, do you sometimes feel like people are expecting you to be funny because you are a comedian?
4: Yes, and as such, I have no social life whatsoever. <laughs> I really don't. I don't go out anymore. I don't have friends anymore. I just <laughs> lock myself in the room. Um, it's, it's one of the nice things about having... Uh, comedy friends i have i have friends that are comedians and uh some very famous ones and some very good ones and and it's good when we get together because when we get together we have not so much no sense of humor but we don't feel the need to uh to to necessarily make each other laugh not in a conventional way anyway <laughs> so uh that's uh, that's always nice to have that side of of your social life but yeah there is a there is a bit of um a bit of pressure at christmas dinner to be the guy that you know that makes jokes about
0: you're you're the dinner clown. You're the, you're the clown exactly, of the, of the and you
4: kind you know. You, sometimes you can you pass the salt. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no, can you just pass the bloody salt? I want some salt. Yeah. It's, not, it's not not everything is a setup for a gag, you know.
0: Oh, well, they're just not hoping that they're going to end up in the next routine. Oh, that time at Christmas when they asked me to that's pass right, the salt. <laughs> yeah. That's
4: right. Well, that's the worst thing is when people tell you jokes thinking, oh, you'll use that. (laughs) And you go, I really won't.
0: I probably won't. No. It's it's not quite up to my high standards of uh, of, uh, comedy. (laughs) Well, I
4: don't do jokes. That's the worst thing. People tell you actual jokes. Mm. Going, oh, Danny, did you hear about the guy with it? And you go, I don't do that. I I tell stories.
0: (laughs) Now, um, of course, previously on some of your tours around Australia, you've uh, talked about various aspects of Australian culture, the accents in different areas and all that sort of stuff. Now, being down here in Tasmania, we're quite separated from what we call the mainland. Have you noticed, much difference when you come down to Tassie
4: yeah I can't really I'd love to answer that um uh, maybe this time I'll get to spend a bit more time there but usually when I'm doing tours I just sort of fly into Tasmania and do a show I'm spending a couple of days there this time so give me give me give me a bit of time with that one and I'll <laughs> <tell you. laughs> hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll open the show with my observations of uh, Tasmania but I've only ever been to I think I've been to Hobart twice Hmm. and I just know that they, you've got one of the nicest theatres in the world, one of my favourite theatres in the world there, that Theatre Royal. Is it the, Theatre Royal? Absolutely,
0: that's the one. I was working theatre in the country.
4: It's absolutely stunning. Mm. It really is. It's fantastic, fantastic theatre to play. So um, I know that I love coming there for that reason, and uh, I need to find out more about... About uh, Tasmania, we'll take you on Maybe a I'll tour.
0: Speak. We'll take you on a Brink tour. Of yeah, take, take me
4: around the island. Yeah, yeah I really yeah. want to I know, see. And it takes
0: about, about half a day, so you know you won't be. Oh,
4: no, that's, you
0: know. that's fine. <laughs> it's a shame you're not performing at the Theatre Royal this time, actually, because you're performing at the Casino come uh, come March time. So uh, I,
4: I've already had this argument. I couldn't believe it. I because I, I, I just get the dates. You <laughs> see, my, my, I give my promoter. I say I'm I'm free from January to. May book a tour, yep. and then he'll just put in Adelaide, Melbourne, and stuff. And I saw Hobart, and I just assumed it would be the Theatre Royal, but it's not. It's the um,
0: the Casino, the Casino, casino yeah. right? And
4: and I don't know why that is. Maybe I'll do another show in the Theatre Royal at the end. If just it's just cool show
0: well. up, they won't mind. Just knock on the door <laughs> yeah. and say, "Hey, I'm here to do a show." You know, just
4: rock up, rock up with a couple of friends. Yeah, exactly. Hey, grab, a row, boys, yeah. grab a row, boys. Grab a row. What can we
0: expect from your uh, tour this time around?
4: Well, it's a new show uh, from from the last. T- I haven't been here to for eight. 18 months last time I toured was 2009 so I, I took last year off from Australia I think we both needed the break yeah yeah no, <laughs> and, I was, uh, we're
0: getting a bit too close there we needed some time yeah, up,
4: yeah. It feels, well it's weird because I got my residency in my Australian residency in 2009 and I haven't really I've only really just because I, I sort of left straight after that it's quite a strange thing to do to get my residency and then just leave <laughs> uh, but it was nice this time because I, I got in last week and I sailed. Oh, I sailed through immigration. It was I just flashed this passport with a big sticker saying "approved." <laughs> <laughs> it was marvelous. Just waving to all the other foreigners as I, <laughs> as I made my way to the baggage carousel. It was great. Um, so yeah, I'm. 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 Um, it's a new show, and it's. Uh, it's. It's quite exciting. I've, i haven't, i' i not I'm. Quite worked out exactly what it is yet. Um, I've got some uh, benefit gigs this week for the floods victims, so I'm hoping to work up the show into good shape to get ready for the ready for the tour. You know,
0: just on that too, given that you are doing these warm up shows uh, throughout the week for for the victims of the floods, is it hard sometimes to sort of put on a comedy show in light of such tragedy, or do you think it's the opposite effect? It's it's a time to make people laugh.
4: Yeah, it is the opposite. It's definitely. I mean, there's no. Um, I mean, look, comedy is a. A great uniter in many ways. I mean, I, I go, I'm lucky enough. I go around the world doing this, and and you know, there are places I go to which aren't aren't the happiest of places, whether it be recessions or you know tragedies or you know anything. I mean, it's, it happens everywhere. And it, getting into a comedy show, sitting down, the whole idea is to to basically my job is to make people not think about their own problems for that time, to to, for, to just to, just to relax and take their mind off everything for for a little while anyway and um and that's really what I do and um you know I watched the f- this I was over here watching the whole Queensland floods you know um develop on television and it was kind of heartbreaking and you kind of go well I've got to do something <laughs> so mm. um yeah it was a perfectly natural thing to go okay well I'm going to be doing warm up shows anyway so May as well I've put it to a, good let's, use. Let's, let's put it all to good use. Uh, then, then, if it's not very good, everyone can feel good about, yeah, <laughs> about <yeah>. the show <laughs> afterwards. Well, Danny, you've got a lot of work to do, but still, good cause.
0: Good now, cause uh, we're now. nearly at the end of the interview, and we'll wrap it up with a bunch of questions we'd like to ask all our guests. But I would just like to get your opinion on something, Danny. Now, being Scottish, and obviously coming from Scotland, the, the yeah. kilt is a big symbol of Scotland. Now, are you a big fan of the Scottish kilt?
4: I am. I am for the right occasions, yes.
0: Yes. Well, okay. Well, how, how do you think a wedding is for a right occasion? Because I'm actually getting married next year. And I uh, have, oh, right. a, have a big Scottish family, and um, I'm wanting to dress in up in a kilt and go the full Scottish attire. But my fiance is quite opposite and opposed to the idea. So, is there something that you could say to maybe change her mind as to why I should wear a kilt and why I would look so good in one, too, Danny?
4: Well, that's strange because it's usually the women that love it, <laughs> uh, um, that love the kilts. Uh, I think a kilt is an incredibly smart thing to wear. I think it looks. I think at a wedding, it always looks really good um, mm. What's your tartan?
0: It's sort of a blue with a bit of red, and I think it's got a tiny bit of green on it. It's only sort of just started to do the research on it. Well, yeah.
4: I think that can make a difference mm. to, to know because there's some pretty horrible tartans yes. to be honest. There's <laughs> some that look like a kind of this horrible patchwork quilt of, <laughs> of like some like someone like a kind of designers thrown up on. That's why you just of change clock. your
0: name quickly before you get married. You know, you, you find someone <laughs> yeah. else's tartan.
4: That's right. It's that, but you can always. The good thing about being about being Scottish is you can. Always Always find a clan that's got some kind of link to you that's yeah. got a nice tartan. Yeah, I remember you know, most people. Most people, if they go back uh, far enough, of c- can find a, 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 a relation to Black to Black Watch to, yeah. for wearing a Black Watch, which is that kind of nice, sort of dark tartan. With yeah. it, which is always, I think, looks really, 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 really smart. So yeah. um, you should you should go for it. I was just reading actually in the paper that um, in this the Qatar World Cup in 2022, men and women are not allowed to. To show their legs, so <laughs> God, we qualify. What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how are we going to play
0: soccer in that? <laughs> well, that,
4: that that's a consideration as well. Maybe we'll, we'll be like fans. Players will be dressed like fans, <laughs> <laughs> jogging bottoms, and, and playing
0: fifty-degree heat and trousers. <laughs>
4: exactly, but I, it does worry me that we can't. Uh, 10,000 Scottish fans Descending on Qatar With kilts
0: Oh jeez um,
4: they, ar- they can't arrest us all uh,
0: <laughs> Absolutely Maybe that's the one Where you definitely Should try not to qualify for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: That's not a problem For yeah. us believe me That is not a problem it's, it's been a
0: while It's been about 14 years Hasn't oh, it Oh let's
4: or, not go there yeah. we, We're talking about tartan Yeah oh, come yeah. on Yeah tartan Tartan's
0: the way to go The wedding So uh, I, I'll tell I'll tell my beautiful fiance That Danny Boy Says the thumbs up For the tartan so Oh well. you
4: get You get a da- You get the Danny Boy Seal of approval If you, if you, if you, if you wear a tartan
0: Alright Good. Now, uh, we're wrapping. going to wrap things up quickly now with a set of four questions we like to always end our interviews on with our guests. These are nice, quick and easy, and probably the hardest questions you'll ever answer in your entire career, mm, Danny. Okay. So, if you're ready, let's get straight into it. Let's start right. off with what is your favorite type of cheese?
4: Um, oh, manchego.
0: Oh, I haven't heard of that one before. Is oh, that-
4: it's delicious. It's like a Spanish six-month-old, matured, um, so strongest cheese cheddary flavor that's oh, nice. lovely All right, we'll,
0: have to, we'll research that one definitely now um, I'm not quite sure if you might get this question because we had an advertising campaign a couple of years ago here in Australia you might have been here for it uh, are you a folder or a scruncher a what a folder or a scruncher of your toilet paper so when you go to do your business do you fold or do you scrunch
4: <laughs> well I certainly don't remember that advert but yeah. it, does sound, it does sound very Australian yes um I hadn't really thought about
0: it. I think a folder. A folder, yes. Intelligent yeah. people folder. Next time you go, you'll pay more attention to that. I, I yeah, I it hope not. You. I
4: hope I don't pay more attention
0: <laughs> to it. <laughs> uh, question number three. Are we alone in the universe?
4: Uh, almost certainly
0: not. Uh, yes, good, good. Good to see we're on the same bandwagon. And uh, the final question. Here on uh, The Brink, we've uh, started a campaign a few years ago to try and bring the Olympics to Hobart. Now, we want to try and make it a little bit more of a, an open Olympics where different events can be held. It might not necessarily be Olympic sports at the moment, so, if there is any sport currently in the world that's not an Olympic sport that could be included, what would it be and why?
4: Uh, frisbee.
0: Frisbee. <laughs> Gotta love frisbee, that frisbee and Hobart.
4: And do you know what? Um, I just read in the paper that, that Tasmania is five times bigger than Qatar, that's and they've correct. just got the biggest event uh, on the planet. So, there's absolutely no reason why. Tasmania shouldn't get the uh, Olympic Games
0: that's exactly what we're putting and, and in our we'll have bl- the
4: national frisbee on the beach
0: yes yes and you can represent Scotland and we'll give you a gold medal no matter what you do.
4: Ah sounds good to me I'll yeah. wear a kilt on the podium.
0: Ah look look you think, oh, we'll hold you to that Danny boy thank you very much for your time here in the brink Danny will be coming to Hobart on the 5th of March performing at the Rest Point Casino with his tour messenger please do not shoot tickets are available from the venue and uh, we look forward to seeing you when you come to our beautiful city Danny I
4: look forward to it thanks very much
0: And we're about to wrap things up. Um, this is an episode where it snowed. Mallory needs to check her knowledge of movies that are close to my heart. I mean, she got Star Wars, but I mean, you know, it's still the two other the other ones out of me that she didn't get. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, anything else exciting happening in the world of Mallory? Nope. Are you sure? Yep. You got a jacket this week?
1: I did. I won a free jacket from my work. It was pretty good.
0: It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, Cool. All right. Well, you can uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, relevant channels, do all the things that we ask you to because you never do and that hurts our feelings. But uh, yes, happy birthday to Josh again.
1: Happy birthday, Josh.
0: And thank you for listening to The Brink. Until next time, please.
1: Keep sucking those oranges, hope or Cargill.
0: And bon Wheat.